Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selective and joining me for this double header of a podcast are Greg Brownie and all the way from Norway, David Weston. How's it going, guys? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, how's things, David? Good? Yeah, good, good. I'm enjoy, enjoying this week's European action. Yeah, looking forward to tonight. Um, both both uh, both the Green Time Molden action. So obviously I've um, yeah watched Rangers and Celtic taking a pump in, but <laughs> uh, yeah, good to see good to see a couple of Norwegian teams in action tonight. Yeah, we'll maybe cover those once we get to the, the Norway games uh, in a very short while. Uh, Greg, yeah, tough week so far for teams in Europe from Scotland. Yeah, it has been. I think probably slightly different in terms of the outcome. I don't think many people give Celtic a chance against Real Madrid. Well, I don't uh, know. I mean, they got back in, Greg, they went off at 72. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think those in the know, you really deep down knew Real Madrid at 8-11 was probably better the century. One of those... Um, post-match bets and you go oh my goodness that should have been mm. super nat material yeah. however Celtic very very good first half missed some really good chances and certainly gave Madrid a game obviously second half Madrid's uh, quality shone through so that was kind of Celtic's leg of things but Rangers last night were dire not what we're used to from seeing from Rangers in Europe yeah. and obviously we'll touch upon Rangers troubles shortly but yeah a really bad night at the office for, for Rangers, Ajax very, very comfortable, 4 no winners. Yep, and as David said, some games on tonight, Hearts and European action, which might have a bearing on their fixture uh, on Sunday, actually, they play. Uh, so we'll get to those very shortly. We've got, as I said, it's a double-header podcast that we're doing today, so we've got Norway and Scotland to have a look at. Uh, we'll do that in some detail very, very shortly. Greg, how did we get on last week on the podcast? Yeah, it was a good weekend, actually. Um, I think we finished the weekend in profit. Some really good winners from both David and myself in Norway. In terms of Scotland, the Aberdeen belt builder came in. Montrose was our main bet of the weekend. They saw off Peterhead 2-0 at even money. We had goals at Stranraer v. Stenhouse-Muir. That finished 3-1. Uh, Rosenborg odd double. And I think we're very confident on Boda Glimp Corners at home to Molda. Um, they won that. 6-2. So yeah, this is start to September. Um, all the leagues now across Europe are now well underway. So not only do we have Norway, Scotland, England to look at, we've now got the delights of Liga 2 in France returning. It's now mm-hmm. back match day 7 this weekend actually. And we've got Serie B, which is now I think match day 4 or 5. So lots to look forward to. Plus yeah. we've got an absolute plethora of European games. It's just ridiculous. Like tonight, yeah. it's like a million games on tonight. It's actually giving me a sore head. Yeah, it's almost impossible, isn't it? Pick your way through some of them. You've got to draw the line somewhere. Uh, David, not a bad weekend for you either. I think uh, Rosenborg were the ones that we were, were all very keen on last weekend. Yeah, I, was fa- I fancied them to beat V-King and they were a good price. I think I, I, think I backed in the pot. I think I backed the, the goal line. Uh, 3.0 which came in it was 4-1 to Rosenborg and yeah again um, Kasper Tengstead what uh, a guy two, two goals Ole Sartre as well two goals the two of them are absolutely roasting at the moment they are uh, they are just on fire great great strike partnership and it looks like it's um, going to be extended to Ole Sartre extending his contract this week so if he gets a yeah, move David I think you deserve some sort of cut that's potentially, <laughs> if he gets a good yeah, move, yeah. He's been absolutely fantastic since he joined, and yeah, Rosenberg looking really good. 
Yeah. Uh, at the top of the table, it was a massive game last weekend. Bodo Glimt v Molda. Title race looks like it's over after Molda's 4 1 1. Yeah, they just did a job on them, sat deep, counter attacked, and absolutely destroyed them. Really clinical performance from Molda. Have to say, 10 point gap with uh, the game, no games in hand anymore. I think I think it's Finished. done. Molda, Molda wanted just, yeah, what are they wanting? Nine ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's over and, and Molda have been really good to be fair. They've they've only I think they've dropped two uh sorry, they've only not won two games at the last twelve or something, and that was against Hamcam and Yerv, uh, which is rather interesting. Yeah, yeah that in <laughs> itself is interesting. And they play Yerv this weekend. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, Yerv who are in free fall. Yeah. Great team to play, isn't it? After a tough European game. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah, and speaking of that, David, they play Ghent from Belgium tonight. Ghent, who are knocked out by, I think, Neil Lennon's ammonia, the Cassia in the last round. Boldy, I thought, look, a great price of 23 to 20 against a Ghent side who haven't really started particularly well at home. Yeah, I think I thought that too. I think Molde are in great form, full of confidence, titles wrapped up. They can afford to think about Europe for a wee while. And uh, yeah, I think I thought that was a great price myself. Just on yeah. last weekend, I think it's worth noting that all eight matches went over 2.5 goals. All eight matches had both teams to score and over 2.5 goals. And I think we should all be thanking Sarsborg for their <laughs> tremendous uh, late recovery, David. Yeah, unbelievable. 1-0 down against Hamcam on the verge of nine defeats in a row, looking like they were getting dragged into not just a playoff battle, a relegation battle with Christiansen coming back and... They scored a 92nd minute equaliser and then went up the pitch, won a penalty and won it in the 95th minute. So, incredible scenes. It was 17-1 to 1 for the 6 o'clock, sorry, the 6 games at 5 o'clock to finish over 2.5. If you added Vollering into that, probably would have been 25-26-1. to 1. And if you wanted to add in Boda Glimt and Molda to that for all 8, probably would have paid about 40-1 to 1 for, the, for all 8. Worth always worth chucking a couple of quid on. doesn't land that often, but if it lands once, it kind of pays for itself. Yeah, um, David, will we start at that Sarpsborg game? You've got them down uh, at Ollisund as uh, one of the bets that you've lined up this weekend as part of a both teams to score double. Yeah, I just think uh, coming in off last week, Sarpsborg will be yeah relieved for starters and just be buoyed a little bit that they managed to get the job done there. So it's, as you say, part of a, a both teams to score double with Ollisund. Ollisund, who... Do keep it quite tight generally, but um, in the last four uh, games, both teams have scored. Uh, last week they went to Strum's Godset and won. Greg can thank me later for tipping them. Tipping them <laughs> <off>. <laughs> but yeah, all of a sudden um, brought in Moses Abie, um from Tromsø as a replacement for Sigurd Haugen. And he scored in his debut against Odd and he scored two last weekend against Strum's Godset. And he, he looks like exactly what they need. So Goals shouldn't be a problem for Olesund, and goals have never been a problem at either end for Salzburg, um, conceding and scoring in equal measure. They obviously scored a couple last week. It took them took them a while, but they did attack the full game against Hamcam. It was and uh, miss a lot of good opportunities. So I think both teams have scored in this game, looking really solid. Um, Salzburg. Away from home, obviously, really struggling and they've lost a lot of games. But the only two games this season they failed to score, so I don't see them not scoring. And yeah, both teams scoring this one. Doubling it up uh, with 
the Christiansund game, Christiansund revitalised, rejuvenated, the great escape is on. Well, David, you say that, right? So I had a quick look this morning and they have obviously collected seven points from nine, but they're still yeah. nine Flying. points adrift. <laughs> Absolutely, still miles behind. I can't believe how far behind they are still. So I worked, I worked out they've taken 11 points from the last 21, Christiansund, uh, and if they'd have kept that points ratio... All through the season, they'd be sitting in 40 points. They'd be level with Rosenborg. So they are a team for them. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fine. No, so, I mean, they're only one point behind Yerv, who I did say, I think, after about uh, 10 games, that I still thought Christian Sund could catch Yerv, but I didn't see them catching two teams. Mm. So they're one point behind Yerv. Um, and last weekend, they were very, very good again. They won 3-1. Uh, at home, and that was off the back of a good win at home to Viking. So they beat Sandefjord 3-1 last week, beat Viking the week before that 2-1. And the last six games for Christiansen, there's been both teams to score. Goals, again, have not been a problem recently. They got um, Faris, Pemi, Mumbagnu back from uh, alone. Um, I think I think they were kind of wanting to sell him, but didn't really materialise. And then he's been back in the team and he's been scoring goals. So he looks quite important for them. He's going to be the one that fires them towards safety, if if that is the case. But tough game this weekend for them. They are playing in form. Wallerenga, who won very, won very convincingly the derby last weekend against Leicesterum. Uh, 3-1. Osama Sarawi was electric. Unfortunately, and potentially, it was it could be his last game. Um, he... Uh, he's been sick this week, uh, off training, and um, there's apparently big interest from Galatasaray. So, it'll be interesting to see. I don't, I'm not sure. I think, I'm not sure if the Turkish window's still open. I think it must be. Mm. But uh, yeah, Osama Sarawi was unbelievable last week, and he's a, such a such a talent. Um, so, Volleringa need to hang on to him, but they might not. Even if they don't, I can't see them going to Christian soon. And I, I quite like their even money, which. I'm tempted by, but I think Christian Soon's just we pick up in form has just put me off it a little bit. But yeah. I think Vollering, I, I can't see them not scoring. Um, the last time they failed to score was the 26th of July, and uh, sorry, June 26th of June at, at home to Odd. Uh, that was 10 games ago. Uh, I just can't see them not scoring. But they're not they're not tight at the back, particularly away from home. Um, only once all season have they kept a clean sheet. So I think, yeah, both teams to score in this game looks really strong. And the both teams to score double. All soon, and Fisher soon pays 2.29. And I quite like that. Now, David, you know me, I'm not a massive fan of both teams to score. However, I love the look of this one. <laughs> really good looking double and I think I'll definitely be on the Christians and Volringer, both teams to score. 8 to 15, so definitely a good leg of a double, I think. Yeah, yeah, just to back that up, six of Christensen's last, yeah, all six of Christensen's last games have finished both teams to score. And also, say, a very sad day in the corners front for Christensen's. Uh, the bookies <laughs> have finally caught up, <laughs> finally caught up with Christensen. They've got under the radar no longer. We're needing 12 corners in this match and we're needing six Christensen corners to get even money. So, bearing in mind, this is a team. Second bottom of the league. Okay, they are in decent form, playing a very, very good Volringa side, and we're still needing to get six corners at home. So yeah. the dream is over at yeah, home but, anyway. 
Parties over. Okay, so that's both teams to score double at the Olesund and Christensen games for David. David, we're going to have a look at Hamcam v Viking next. Um, Viking, absolutely desperate for him at the moment, just four, in fact, it's four defeats in a row for them, just one win in seven, and in the league it's only two wins in their last 11. Uh, Hamcam, not quite out of the woods just yet, um, still need to uh, pick up some points to clearly get themselves away from that relegation zone. Uh, you quite fancy Hamcam to get something from the game? Yeah, I do. I think I think Hamcam could well win this weekend. I think Viking are absolutely, they've completely gone. They've chucked it after they've been kicked out of Europe. Um, they've just gone on a horrible run. Lost at Wolleringa, drew with Sandefjord, lost the home to Wolleringa, uh, lost at Christensund. And then last week they were absolutely hammered by Rosenborg. It could have been more than 4-1. It was 4-0 until quite late, um, so even 4-1 looks better than it was. Um, they've just it's just completely gone. They were in, there was a lot of talk at the start of the season. I don't know if you remember when Viking turned around Molda and beat them 4-3. Mm-hmm. After being 0 down, there was big talk in Stavanger that this was the year, this was the gold year. They're going to win the league. And since then, they have just, they've just dropped like a stone. They're only, they're leveling points with Strum's God set. They're only two points ahead of Tromso and Odd which is just incredible to think of considering how inconsistent those teams are. So I think Viking this weekend, they go to Hamcam. Hamcam off the back of that, they were part of that uh, Sarpsborg game last week, which was obviously really disappointing. But their home form is pretty solid. Um, They don't concede many goals. Nobody has gone to Hamcam and scored more than two um, this year. Hamcam, they don't score many either. They've only scored three a couple of times at home and there's been a lot of sort of ones and zeros dotted around but I think this weekend um, I, I can't see them losing so the, the, the double chance is pays 1.57 but I prefer the, the Asian line which is um, Hamcam's 0.0 in the Asian line it's uh, so money back if they don't win it is 2.25 and I just I just I don't see them losing against a Viking side who are absolutely Chucked it, it seems, seem to be lacking any sort of dig. Going to Hamcam is not easy. They, they they do pretty well at home. They've uh, they've won they've won three home games and drawn five of their eleven Hamcam. So not winning an awful lot, but not losing. And I just think this one is a game where they'll be well up for it. They know they need to win games. Vikings seem to be yeah in a bit of a sort of you know, walking towards the end of the season stumbling towards the end of the season I just think Ham can look this could be this could be the type of game that we can go to and and, and don't bother and um, could get caught out yeah 11-5 for the straight win David yeah I don't hate it as I say I think it's part of a sort of Hollywood ACA I would, I would probably put it on myself um, but yeah happy to take the, the the added security of your money back if they if they only draw yeah good show uh, very sensible yeah, yeah, Viking definitely not a side you want to be getting on at the moment. Um, we've got a couple of games on Saturday that we'll very briefly touch on. Sandy Fjord v Odd. Uh, Sandy Fjord, five without a win now, tumbling down that league, Greg, um, and only, what, eight points ahead of the year? Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating end to the season down there. It's really d- difficult to work out who's going to finish in that last, well, I say last, in that playoff relegation spot. Um, quite a few teams. I, th- I think Haugesen will be okay. 
So for me, it's going to be between probably that four of Olesund, Hamcam, Salzburg and Sandefjord. Salzburg getting that victory last week, as David said, might spur them on. So I think it's going to go right down to the wire. I don't think Jörv or Christiansen will be making any inroads on that playoff spot. But a game at home against an odd side, if they can win this odd, pretty much removes them from any chat of being sucked into that relegation battle. But it's a difficult game to call. Probably look at this match from a corner's angle, but definitely couldn't be back in any side to win. David Odd have won three of the last four, including a cup win uh, over Jörv. Uh, value for you at 64? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, Sandy Fairs have been really, really poor at home this year. They've only won once out of ten. Uh, they've mm. done most of their damage away from home. Five wins on the road. Um, one thing about Odd, they signed Diamande to to be their main striker, a uh, 32-year-old. Scored in his debut last week, but then he injured his calf. It looked like quite a bad injury in his calf, so he's definitely out, and that's a really bad blow for them. I find it, find it difficult to back them here at Sandy Field, despite Sandy Field's home form. I'd probably, probably leave this one alone. Okay, another game on Saturday is Lillestrom v Storm's Godset. Uh, again, a bit like Viking, Lillestrom just a team that you don't want to be backing just now, David. Yeah, just really struggling to get going. They were really well outplayed by Volleringa last week. and Although I fancy that it beats Storm's Godset at home, um, yeah, they're just, just struggling to put teams away at the moment and, and not really not really playing with the same fluency they played with at the start of the season. I think they're Pretty much same as same as Boda Glinter. They're out of the title race now, and I think now just battling for that European spot, which would which would be a pretty good achievement to to do that back to back. And uh, yeah, that will be their aim for the rest of the season. Yeah, but it looks like Rosenborg are going to catch them up. They could go above them this weekend, and they have been the team that have been flying, Greg. They have. They've been terrific for the channel anyway, and and the podcast. Um, where do you start? As you say, they're just one point off Bode Glint in second. Yeah. It's tremendous. It just shows how rubbish their start to the season was. But if they could finish second, you have to say be a very, very good season for Rosenborg, given where they started. Mm-hmm. So the Rosenborg juggernaut carries on. Just goals, goals, goals. 3-0, 3-2, 2-1, 5-2, 2-1, 4-3, wins from eight, I think it is. They've scored 22 goals in their last seven conceded 11 goals. All seven matches in the last seven games have all went over 2.5 goals. So scoring lots of goals. It's another Sunday night kickoff for Rosenborg. They do enjoy the 7pm slot um, this season. But they travel to a Haugesund side who I have to say in pretty decent shape. Just one defeat in seven for them. They've seen both teams score in seven of the last eight games. And it's really difficult to put up a case against goals in this match. What you could say, if you looked at the, the head-to-head, three of the last four have all finished 0-0. <laughs> However, they, those results are from, from last season. This season, these three sides, these three sides, these two sides met in <laughs> one time and finished three all. So I think Haugesund can get on the score sheet here, but you have to say Rosenberg aside, who have scored two or more goals three or more goals in most of their matches in the last couple of months. I, I really like the look of over three goals on the Asian goal line. So money back if there's three goals and that pays 11 to 10. And I think that's definitely worth backing on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say the goal machine that is Casper Tengstead wasn't playing in those 0-0 games, Greg. So no, he wasn't. We've, we've definitely got an advantage there. Uh, and that's now seven and five games for him since he arrived, David. 2.6 any time still for the weekend, which is... 
which is worth worth a few quid given the form he's in. Um, he's just incredible. Um, Haugesson, really good win last week, coming back and winning 2-1. Um, Badu, Alian Alian Nadur was is their main man. He's been off uh, sick again, uh, another sick case in in Norway. But he's actually left this week. He's gone to Zulkevaringen in uh, Belgium. So that's um, Haugesson's main man up front. But they have still looked dangerous without him. And they signed Sebastian Tenecti from Bode Glimt uh, on loan, and I think he's probably going to be ready to to play a part this week. And yeah, I think it's a game with goals. Um, myself, as Greg says, Rosenborg absolutely banging them in, and for me, I, I can't see them losing. I just think that although they went to Tromsø and lost um, a couple of weeks ago, I think they're in such good form, full of confidence, full of goals. The Rosenborg double chance and for Rosenborg to score at least a couple of goals is even money. And yeah, I quite like that one. The look of that one on Sunday night. Um, Haugesund's good team. Um, I was at that 3-0 game in, at Lerkendal. It was a really good game and they're not short of goals. They've scored 19 at home in their 11 games, but they, they concede plenty and yeah, I can see Rosenborg going there. I can see Rosenborg going there and getting a result. I think it's a, a good price, 2.15. Again, similar to Volleringa, just being put off a little bit by the home team, um, being a decent team. Haugesson, uh, so I think the double chance with Rosenborg to score two goals is the best way to go, and that's even money. Even money, yeah. Even Rosenborg just to score two goals is five to six, which I don't yeah. think is the worst shout, you know, given uh, there has been some draws recently in this fixture. So. Point, though, David, in terms of backing the team to win or team to score two, we speak about it a lot. I think yeah. when you've got a side who's scoring so many goals, just eliminate the um, the fear of the, the home side winning the match by backing the side to score two. Yeah. Okay, we've not touched on the top two, well, the top one, I suppose. Now there isn't a top two, I don't suppose. Uh, Molde are away to Yerv, Yerv 9-1, Molde 1-4. As you said, David, really uh, Molde in action tonight and they just look unstoppable at the moment. Yeah, it's just hard to hard to see them. Even even if Molde going to win every game, it's hard to see Molde dropping enough points that Molde can catch them. They've just been in just scintillating form the last time. Last time they were beat was um, on the 7th of May um, against Viking and they were 3-0 up in that game. So, just incredible form. Beat Bodegum convincingly the last week, scoring a lot of goals. They've scored four in the last two games. They beat Haugesson before that. They scored three, three, three before that. They scored five against Tromsø. They're just banging goals in. They've got so much rotation opportunity up front as well and in the midfield. They just, they're just a really good team and I don't see them having any trouble with you at the weekend. Yeah, they're one to forty one, but I thought eight to eleven half time, full time wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that looks good. You ever in big trouble. They're they're dropping like a stone, as we said. They just just can't buy a win. They just don't have enough quality and not really a surprise given their, their budget. But yeah, the last time well, you beat Lilistrum at home, which may give them a bit of hope. Um mm-hmm. but it's their only win since uh, the second of July, and I just can't see. I just can't see them stopping Molde. Yeah, quite rightly, nine to one to win. Uh, Glimt have a tough trip to Tromsø. That's off the back of yet another tough trip tonight uh, to PSV Eindhoven, where they're six to one to win in the Europa League. Uh, I don't suppose you'd be that keen to back Glimt at that price away to Tromsø. 
<laughs> no, um, Trump's home form is fantastic. They've only yeah. lost one this season. Um, yeah. That was against Sarpsborg early on in the season. I think they've been unbeaten in the eight, I think, the last eight home games. Yeah. Doing really well. Obviously, beat Rosenborg recently 4 3. Um, they went to Haugesson last week, who were 1 0 up, but um, they got turned around and they lost 2 1. But yeah, the the form's pretty solid and the home form's very good. Um, so yeah, and this is a, this is a huge game. It's the it's the Arctic Arctic Circle Derby. It's massive <laughs> in the north. Um, obviously, Bode Glimt became the first team team ever from the from the north to win the Norwegian League. Um, which Tromso have always prided themselves of being the bigger club. So that was a bit of a blow for them. Um, yeah, huge game. I can't back Bode Glimt to uh, um, seventeen to twenty and. They've literally just changed, David. They were ten to eleven a minute. Literally a minute ago, we were ten to eleven. It's not me. <laughs> this isn't live, by the way. Um, that price <laughs> for Bode Glimt, you have to say, on the look of it, it's not the worst of prices. But no. I'm with oh, you. Yeah. Definitely can't be backing it. And what we might find as well, we might find that Bode Glimt now prioritise European football over uh, a ten-point gap. So it'll be yeah. fascinating to see how they get on tonight away at PSV, have to say, don't hold much hope for them away no. from home, to be fair. I think at home is a different different story. Yeah. But Dino Zagreb uh, put to, to bed quite easily in the in the qualifying round. So they've got a tough game tonight. It was a, a, a extra time. Dynamo Zagreb and then Dynamo Zagreb have gone to beat Chelsea. So I think I think Bodeglint have shown in Europe that they're capable of competing at a really good level. Um but yeah PSV I think will be a step too far for them. But I think both of them have got a real good chance in the group of finishing second, and they'll definitely be aiming for that. I think that's definitely priority. Yeah, so I think for this weekend, I agree with David. Tromso's home form is tremendous. I don't think I'd want to be backing against Tromso in this match. Interestingly, though, in the corners front, Tromso don't hit many corners. And when I say not many, talking hardly any. <laughs> they've, um, they've not hit, they've hit under four corners now in nine of their last 10 games. They've lost a corner count in eight of their last 10. Boreglimt are four to six to win the corner count here against a side who don't win many corners. And you still expect Boreglimt to have a lot of the ball. If Tromso do go up, that then gives us a bit more meat in the bones, I would say. I just think it's interesting that Boreglimt are as big as four to six to win the corner count against a side who really don't win many corners at all. Yeah. Something I looked at was the corner match, but in this one I was going, I was going to double it up with Lelystrom to win their corner match, but at home Strom's God set. I just, yeah, just wasn't sure off the back of the European game, but yeah, as you say, Trump's record in corners is absolutely horrendous. So that that would be that would be a corner match, but double of the week for me would be Glimt and Lelystrom. I don't think Bodeglund should be one to two, four to nine to win the match, but in corners here, four to six worth taking on. Yeah, sounds like a good angle. Okay, I think we've covered everything in Elite Zero. Um We'll move on very briefly to Obus League, although, Greg, you are getting involved this week, which is good to see. <laughs> Not after last weekend, it was some <laughs> laugh last weekend. Um, going, through, going through the results, oh my goodness. I purposely only put 0.5 points on uh, a treble in the Obus League in last weekend on Monday, and hopefully he didn't win. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but in Obus Ligan, forget the fact that Brian have won the league. The big news is is that Grorud won a game. <laughs> well, Absolutely we tremendous. Well. The the great escape is on, Greg. Well, there, there were one no down with what seconds to go, 
and scored two very, very late goals against a Ranheim side who just like quite a few sides in the Obus League in this season, just kind of fallen away. There doesn't seem to be anyone on a good run of form at the moment other than Bran and Vikoff at, at the top end. But the what I do like the look of, though, other than Grodo getting that win, that some of the teams at the bottom of the league are starting to return to their old ways. Uh, none more so than David's local club, <laughs> who travelled to what you'd have to say is a, a very free-scoring start this weekend. Yep, and that, you've got that down for some goals in this game, haven't you? Yeah, I think you have to um, start again another very, very high-scoring match. They went to Sunday's and won 5-3. Not the easiest of games to go to, but off the back of that, they they beat Grodd 5-0. They beat Brynne at home 6-0. So the last two home games, 5-0 and 6-0, they've just pulled at the bag a 5-3 away to Sunday's and they host uh, a blink side who, like I say, have returned back to their old ways, beating at home in the last two games, 4-2 and 4-1. And I think Dave has been on start quite a few times recently on the goal front, and I'm more than happy to take over 3.5 match goals in this match at 5-6. Yeah, certainly been rattling the goals. David, um, do you hold out much hope for your local side? Uh, nah, not this week, but, uh, but they have put themselves in a position where it is possible they could avoid relegation. I think the only problem they have is that Shade and Breen have, have picked up as well and they're still four points behind Shade in that playoff spot so it's going to be difficult for them I think um, they're not. I don't think they'll get anything this weekend but I think it could be a, another high scoring game and as you say start buying in the goals Just on a Grorud sorry they are 40-1 yeah, ran this weekend Grorud <laughs> First win of the season last week, two late goals, 86 and 87, I think it was, to turn around around. And what a what achievement. 23 games, <laughs> one. Yeah, they're going to be brought back down to earth this weekend, though, David. They are. And you mentioned Brian have won the league. They've not actually won the league yet. They are they are promoted. Um, but this weekend it is going to be the title celebration. Um, home to Grorud in Bergen. It's going to be pretty... I think they're probably going to just about sell out uh, Brand Stadium, which is, I think, 15-odd thousand. It's going to be a real shock for Grodid. Uh, <laughs> they're off the back of their first win. Um, yeah, Brand are extremely short, but I think I think this could be just a, a celebration for Brand. I think they could go out there, enjoy, enjoy the game, score goals. I quite like, I quite like the idea of them hitting. They hit 10 first-half corners last week at Osana. And I think I think they could do something similar again this week. Um, unfortunately, you can't bet an individual team corners in the Obers League in bet three six five, which is a little bit annoying. But um, they are ran. five to six to score inside twenty one minutes on yeah. the I've got so they're five to six to score two first half goals, and against a Grodo team that have conceded fifty one goals this season. Brand who have scored 69 in 23, 30 at home in 11 games. I just, I think they're going to enjoy the day. I think they're going to score a whole load of goals and five to six to score a couple in the first half. Looks pretty good to me. So I can't talk you into David. Probably uh, go two to one. <laughs> <laughs> As you say, I mean, I wouldn't bet on Brand to win a nil because I'm not allowed anymore. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was looking at uh, Bran have hit five or more in one, two, three, four, 
five games so far, sorry, six games, I think, so far, David. Uh, is that a shout this weekend? Do you think this is going to be one of those uh, games where they just run over the top of Grorud and wrap up the title yeah. style? Yeah, I think it is. Just, they'll be wanting to wrap up the title. There's going to be a huge crowd there. There'll be It'll be party mode. There's so many players that want to score goals that, um, yeah, I can just see them running running away with this. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise I'd say, me. Looking forward to seeing them back in the League Azerian next season. They were great for us last season in corners. Uh, it'd be great to get them back in the league next season where we can get on team corners again. Yeah, the over four and a half goals is 13 to eight, by the way. But David, your tip then is over two first half goals for Bran. Two or more, yeah. Yeah. Okay, doke. And you've also got a goals double for us in Oberstliegen as well. Yep. Um, it's a Monday, a Monday over two and a half double, and it's um, Kongspinga and Kofa game and the Stabak and Raufos game. So Kongspinga and KFU and Oslo, they're the, pretty much the two form teams outside of Brand in the league. Kongspinga have been outstanding recently. They've picked up up to eighth place. Pushing for a, a playoff spot, which is a huge surprise given they're just promoted and they started the season so poorly. But um, yeah, they've won, um, I think they've won four of the last six. And last weekend went to Shuros Blink, won 4 1. Um, before that, they, they um, beat Ralphos away, they've won at home to Brina, won at home to Mundal, and then there's been a lot, quite, quite a lot of goals in a few of the games. Um, but to be honest, it's all about Kofa uh, and this one who are just in outstanding form. Five wins in a row. Last week, 3-0 at home to Mewendal. And the week before that, 5-1 away at Scheid. week before that, 2-1 home to Frederikstad. 3-2 home to Samnes. 2-1 away at Songdal. Uh, 2-2 at Osana. 3-1 away at Grorud. Um, <clears throat> just goals everywhere. Winning games. Scoring goals. Conceding goals as well. Um, so, yeah, they're part of the over two and a half. And that's with the Stabak game. Stabak at home to Raufos. Um <coughs> Stabak last weekend. Pretty disappointing. 2-2 two, two draw at home to Brina. Went down to 10 men and couldn't hang on. But yeah, I think um, Lars Bohinen's come in. And uh, since then, they're looking uh, much more attacking, which is pretty, something that Lars Bohinen's pretty well known for. He doesn't really worry too much about his defensive side of the game. So yeah, he came in. They won 5-0 away at start. Got a one 0 tight home uh, away win at Kongsfinger, but um, that was a that was indoor in Kongsfinger, a pretty dry indoor pitch. Um, not really sure why it was played inside. And then uh, Starak last week two two. So yeah, couple of couple of games that I fancy quite a lot of goals in. Um, the over two and a half double pays two point three six, and that's my Monday night double. Okay, and that's four games on Monday. Greg, not our usual five. No, very disappointing. We enjoy our five games kicking off at five o'clock on a Monday. Uh, so four Sunday, four Monday. Um, I think they make it up as they go along sometimes. In terms of how many games are played in each day. Yeah. But yeah, I'm more than happy just to stick with um, the start goals and um, Grorud minus four. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Uh, okay, uh, that's us done for the Norway section of the podcast. We'll move on to Scotland now. Uh, massive game last weekend. Greg Celtic running out 4 0 winners, pretty convincing. Opened up a five point gap on Rangers at the top of the table. Rangers had a pretty disastrous week, to be fair. That 4 0 defeat was followed by another 4 0 defeat to Ajax Wednesday. Uh, all is not well ahead of their lunchtime trip to Aberdeen on Saturday. No, it's definitely not. And I think for either side of the old firm to lose consecutive games 4 0 
it turns into a crisis straight away. That's that's how big the demands are on on each team. Yeah, there's something not quite right at the moment. Obviously, last night's result against Ajax, I, I think people expected them to go to Ajax and give them a game and be competitive, but they were brushed aside last night. And they've got a very, very tough trip to Petaudry. Early kickoff on Saturday, Aberdeen sitting nicely in third. Aberdeen probably thinking they're maybe two or three points short of what they should have. Um, obviously, probably shouldn't have lost that game against Motherwell. And there was wild celebrations at Dingwall last weekend in the 93rd minute, only yeah. to seed a 95th minute equaliser. So, really tough game. I think in this terms of this match, Rangers are there to be had. You have to say, confidence must be low. A tough tip, trip last night to, to Ajax, as I said, and Aberdeen 4-1 to to win this match. Rangers 8-11. to I think for me, Aberdeen hitting some really good numbers in the Connors run. That's them hit 5, 5, 8 and 13 now in their last four matches. They're at home, fully expecting Aberdeen to, to go at Rangers here and to hit at least four corners. And both sides have seen over 1.5 match goals in all but one match this season. Uh, Aberdeen, I think, are five out of six over to 1.5, and all six Rangers games have gone over 1.5 goals. So, uh, a nice little bet builder. Aberdeen over four, over over 3.5 corners and two match goals, and that pays 11 to 10. Yep, and uh, David, Rangers aren't in a position where they can, um, I suppose, prioritise their games. Find themselves five points behind in the league. They face Napoli on Tuesday. And a trip to Pataudry is not a game where you can afford to rest some of your key players. No, it doesn't get any easier, does it? A trip to Na- or a home, home game against Napoli on Tuesday. And yeah, Aberdeen probably, away to Aberdeen, probably their se- the second hardest game they'll get um, all season. And yeah, they just can't afford to, to drop points, can they? Five points behind. If Celtic get further ahead, it's starting to look like. Uh, the league's done already, which is tragic um, at this early stage. But yeah, they just they just look like they've taken a step back from last year, don't they? They just don't look as good as last year. Obviously, getting to the Europa League final was an incredible achievement, and they just haven't progressed. And I, I think if, if a few of my friends agree that if they don't if they don't get a result on Saturday, Van Bronckhorst could be in a bit of trouble. Like just just four 0 just twice in a row. It looks awful, doesn't it, for Rangers and. Rangers fans are probably not a very patient bunch, uh, the old firm fans. So, yeah, yeah I, think, yeah, I think they need to get a result. I think it's, it's absolutely... Just, they cannot afford to give Celtic the opportunity to go eight points clear. If that happens, obviously Celtic at home to Livingston, fully expecting a home win there. If Rangers drop points here, then it's, it's the league's over, but it's a massive, massive gap already. And we're only into September. Are the yeah. conspiracy theories out about the fixture uh, calendar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we'll wait and see how Saturday goes. It's uh, it's only four. It's only one hundred twenty-five to one for Aberdeen to win four nil <laughs> uh, to make it a third four nil defeat in a row for Rangers this weekend. Actually, on a more serious note, Aberdeen could go above Rangers in the league with a win on Saturday, Greg. They can. They've had a pretty decent start, Aberdeen. As I said, they probably a couple of points later than what they'd like to have had, but. They're looking great for my 92. Finished third shot very early in the season yet, but with Hart struggling, and we'll touch upon Hart shortly, um, Aberdeen, for me, fully geared up to finish third this season. And it's one of those ones where there's probably expectations that Aberdeen give 
Rangers a game on Sunday or Saturday, sorry. Yeah. I hope I hope they do. It will be good to see a really decent match at Petodre on on Saturday tea and lunchtime. But I really hope they can they can give them a game. Yeah, and John Beaton as a referee, usually this game is pretty good for cars. We've seen a few reds in this fixture in the past. Uh, he's averaging 5.25 per game. Um, but I, I'm not sure the, the same intensity is there. We've mi- we're missing a couple of guys who usually get cards in the shape of Lewis Ferguson and Alfredo Morelos potentially uh, this weekend as well. Yeah, and I think as Dave mentioned in the podcast last week, Aberdeen don't get, get many cards. Mm-hmm. They've got the lowest card count in the in the league this season so far. So you're right, there's, there isn't any Lewis Ferguson's there to, to pick us up. And I always find that this match, in terms of the card line, set really, really high. Yeah, that is so, this weekend. Well, it's not too bad. I think most Scottish games now in the Premiership are over 4.5 match cards. It's 4-5. to five. Um, Lunchtime kick-off, I'm not sure. And obviously you're getting really... Um, short prices for player cards as well. I think yeah. Conor Olsen's favourite is 7-5 and probably a fair price to be fair. Yeah. Okay, so it's Aberdeen 4-1 to one to win Rangers 8-11 to 11, but for you it's a, a bet builder. It's Aberdeen over 3.5 corners and over 1.5 match goals and that pays 11-10. to 10. Okay, uh, we spoke about Celtic, they host Livingston on Saturday, they earned lots of plaudits, uh, David, for their performance in the first half against Real Madrid, but ultimately were undone in the second half, Madrid's quality came to the fore and they ran out 3-0 winners, but um, last weekend, a huge positive for Celtic, they were excellent against Rangers, they went five points clear and not only that, they're now 17 goals better off than Rangers, so kind of feels like a six point gap that they've opened up already. Uh, I suspect Celtic will take the opportunity to utilise their squad on Saturday ahead of their game. They're away to Warsaw to play Shakhtar on Wednesday, David. Yeah, I think I think so. I think you might see Giacomakis starting and um, maybe Turnbull, um, maybe Adam Moyes first start. I think um, Celtic, completely opposite from Rangers, I think Celtic have progressed uh, again this year. I think they've taken a step forward. They've not really lost anyone um, important and yeah being able to hang on to Jota uh, is just such a such a bonus what a footballer he is and um, he might not play this weekend he might he might be on the bench but just like guys like Jota and Kyogo I think this just enjoy them this season because it's probably going to be the last in Scotland they're um, absolutely electric and I can't say I think Livingston will might be able to keep keep the score down. I don't think that I think defensively they should probably be able to keep it quite solid, but just can't see anything other than a Celtic win. What we yeah. could see David is that there's a bigger chance of Livingston hitting more cards than Celtic score goals. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Greg, they've uh, they've come away with Celtic Park with two draws in their last three visits, and they're just doing they're doing lovely things. Last weekend they went and to Tinkas and got a 1-0 win just when you were ready to write them off yeah that was it that was at Livingston that match I think they were oh no sorry win. yeah it was yeah. you're right in terms of card fronts for Livingston they are up there with Kilmarnock and St Johnston in terms of the hatchet men of the league they've hit 3-3-1 three, three, 4 4 and 4 cards in their 6 matches so far they're 1-3 to three to get 2 cards on Saturday which on the face of it is not the worst price um, again something to add to a double or a treble they're 11 to 10 to hit three cards and I wouldn't be surprised to see them do that they're not going to have much of the ball 
they're going to be chasing shadows, to be fair, on, on Saturday. So the question is, can they get close enough to Celtic to put a tackle in? That is the question. Yeah, it's a very good price, actually. <clears throat> Celtic 1-16 to, to win, Livingston 28-1, to win, so Cards angle might be as good as any. Yeah, I would say so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and usually we're all over corners, Greg, but Celtic not quite hitting the heights that we uh, got from them last season in terms of corner counts. Although, what was the price on them in oh, Wednesday night? Oh, honestly, <laughs> they, they got a corner in the first minute against Real Madrid. So I had a look, it was 2-1. to one. So well done to Steeler on the channel. He had a decent um, single on that. They must have been 9-1 to one to hit two corners in the first 10 minutes and it's a market that I'm going to be backing quite a lot this season get some cracking prices and they, they, hit, they hit two corners in the first 90 seconds against Real Madrid I think they only hit two against Rangers in the first half last week despite having lots and lots of the ball and it's now just 4-7 to seven now for Celtic to get over 3.5 of first half corners against Livy on Saturday Yeah it's getting a bit too short now isn't it? It is yeah but there'll be times to, to go in this is probably a game unsure about how many changes Celtic will make so yeah. probably best just sitting out Okay, we'll move on to Kilmarnock v St Johnston and uh, yeah, I was expecting a, a tweet from yourself Greg that went something along the lines of Chris Young Chris Bookmeyer, Stephen Thompson Shireen Nanjiani, <laughs> Div McDonald your boys took a hell of a beating last I'm surprised you managed to find five names <laughs> I had to search long and hard I'll tell you Does Chip Young count? So some result for St Johnston last weekend uh, against uh, Div McDonald, St Mirren yeah, it's a routine win, really, for St. Johnson at home <laughs> to sit in. Routine. Um, got a very good record against them. Uh, both Div and I were at the match. Interesting listening to Stephen Robinson's post-match interview. It was one of those ones where if we didn't score three goals, it would be a tight game. <laughs> I think Smirin <laughs> had a couple of chances, but I think we were worthy winners. Scored three really, really good goals. Maybe not great goals defensively from St Mirren's point of view but a massive, massive win for Callum Davison's side takes the pressure off him as well uh, I think most people tipped us to go down this season and I think that will suit us fine, I've said that a few times in the podcast this season so far great three points in a run of matches where realistically you have to be picking up points from so I done the old fans favourite, put up the next four results the next, sorry, the next four fixtures and labelled out that these are the games you're trying to pick up points from. So, so far, so good. Three points from three, and we travel to Kilmarnock on Saturday and what will be a really, really scrappy and tough game, I think. Yeah, I was looking at a card angle on this one, both Kelly and St. Johnson up there in the card count. Alan Muir is the referee. He's the man in the middle, and he's already dished out three red cards in his six games this season. Yeah, there's been a lot of red cards in the Premiership this, this season, and these two sides occupy first and second in the Hatchet Men League also known as, as the Crime League. Um, both sides getting lots and lots of cards. Kilmarnock, 4, 6, 4, 4, 2 and 5. So Kilmarnock have had 21 yellow cards and one red this season. Over 1.5 cards in every match. St Johnston, likewise, they've had 4, 3, 2, 5, 4 and 2. So every St Johnston game so far this season as well has seen them hit over 1.5 match cards. Plenty of candidates for Kilmarnock, Donnelly, Lafferty, Alan Power, obviously, I think all three are on three cards so far this season. I'd have to say both teams to get two cards in this match is very appealing at five to six. I don't think there'll be many goals in this match. Kilmarnock have really struggled to score this season. Only scored four goals. I think this is going to be another scrappy match. And that said, for St Johnson, though, we scored two at Motherwell 
two at Hearts. We scored three against St Mirren last weekend. Not saying we're swashbuckling, but <laughs> scoring goals. And I think we've scored 33% of the goals so far this season in comparison to last season's total. Please. What, you're a third of the total already? Yes. Brilliant. Scoring goals. Nicky Clark's come in, scored in his debut. We do look more of a threat going forward, which is fantastic, because obviously the last 12 months has been dire. Um, trying not to get too excited about last weekend's result, but I think we can go to Kilmarnock and certainly pick up at least a point. But I do think it'll be a scrappy and close encounter. And I think cards is probably the best route to go down here. Just on the player cards, I had to check and see why Daniel Phillips didn't get a card last weekend, but I see that he only played 13 minutes. So he, he probably was enough. And I think we forgot to mention that on the in the intro, we had the cards double. Um, it's a Midden player who have, whose names evaded me. Uh, he got booked five to one, and that was at Paddy Power. So I think when Dev put up his cards double and sent off double, it was only six to one with Bet three six five. And just a pointer for everyone: Paddy Power are without doubt the worst or the best, whatever you want to look at it, in terms of pricing up Scottish player cards. They never get it right. They always get it wrong, and they got it wrong here. I think Phillips was 4-1, to one, and the St Mirren player was 5-1. to one. It was 28-1 to one for the double. Mm-hmm. It was 6-1 to one at bet thesis 5. So something to consider. If you're back in player card markets in Scotland, always have a look at Paddy Power. Yeah, shop around. It was Ayunga. Was the Ayunga, sorry, yes, it was. Weekend, yeah. So is Daniel Phillips likely to start this weekend? No. I don't think Calum Davidson will be making any changes from last week's side. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, anything from you, David, on this game? No, nah, just on on Nicky Clark. Like it's exactly what St Johnson needed, isn't it? Somebody who plays between the the goals and scores goals knows knows how to put it in the net, and it's exactly what they needed. And hopefully that's the hopefully that's the piece in the jigsaw that just propels them up the league a bit. We've actually got some really good players this season, David. Jamie, Jamie yeah, that, uh, Murphy has been brilliant. You can tell he's played at a really good level. He's so good in the ball. He's got really quick feet. We've got Carey as well. He's been good. And Nicky Clark, you can tell he's... Uh, obviously, Nicky Clark's been about for a while now, but I've not actually seen him play that much. He's been yeah, obviously he's... on the bench quite a lot, but you can tell he's going to definitely bring something to the team this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, one game you do have a, a bet in this weekend, David, is Dundee United v Hibs. A big win for Hibs last week against the uh, 10-man Kelly. Dundee United sounds as if they escaped from Fir Park really with a point last week. Goalkeeper Carl Johan Eriksson was man of the match. I think he saved a, a penalty from Van Veen. Still not quite sure what to make of Dundee United uh, after Jack Ross's uh, departure. Uh, this looks a tough game to call, uh, David, but you quite fancy a corners angle. Yeah, I do. I think... Um... As you say, tough game to call. Dundee United's home. Dundee United yet to score at home this year, um, and that includes games against Levy and St Mirren. So that's not ideal. Hibs only <coughs> only scored a couple of goals on the road out of the three games. Um, looking yeah, looking pretty inconsistent. Although that was a big win for them last week. But yeah, the corners corners market here for me. Hibs and their three away games so far at St Johnston, Levy and St Mirren have hit nine, fourteen, and ten uh, corners themselves. Um, which is incredible numbers on the road. Dundee United at home hit nine against Levy and six against St Mirren. Uh, we'll forgive the two against Celtic. So I quite like the the match corners in this one. Over ten and a half match corners is is ten to eleven. And yeah, with those with those numbers, and I think again we're two teams who will want. Well, Dundee United will be keen to score a goal. 
uh, for a change and uh, Hibs will be out to, to make back-to-back wins for the first time this year. I think um, I think there's going to be a lot of corners in the game and history suggests that the both teams will take part. So I think over 10.5 or 10-11 looks solid. Yep, Greg, Hibs still top of the corner count table, which is quite surprising at this stage of the season. Yeah, they're racking up some great numbers and I must say, David, a man after my own heart has exactly the same notes as I've got in terms of Hibs away from home. As David said, some great numbers, 9, 14 and 10. They did what Hibs do last weekend and huffed and puffed to a narrow one when at home to Kilmarnock despite playing against 10 men for what, 80 minutes maybe? 60, 70 minutes, I'm not sure. Yeah. That was a, it was a long time anyway. It was early, they, yeah. They are hitting some really good numbers in the corner front and this is a match I've also looked at for, for corners and I think the over 10.5 looks a great shout. Have to fancy Hibs to hit another five or six and Dungeon United more than capable of hitting some at home as well. So it looks a good shout and I think Hibs as well have seen over 10.5 corners in five of their six games. So it definitely bodes well. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the remaining game on Saturday is Motherwell's visit to Ross County. By all accounts, Stephen Hamill starting to make a wee bit of an impression that Motherwell, I think they were quite impressive last week, despite the fact they couldn't get past uh, Dundee United. I think they did everything but score. Um, Greg, we've, we've talked about Ross County not being hugely impressive. Um, is this an opportunity for Motherwell to pick up the three points here? My notes say no bet. Bookies yeah, <laughs> are pretty much saying they've got no clue either who's going to win this match. Ross County thirteen to eight, Motherwell seventeen to ten. But I think you're right though. I think there's definitely an opportunity here for Motherwell. But Ross County at home, they'll be thinking this is definitely a match in which they can rack up some points as well. This game for me is just too difficult to call. I'm still on the fence about Ross County yet, and Motherwell. Hamill has done well, but this this could be a draw. And for me, there's lots of opportunities this weekend. Best leaving this one alone. Yeah, just Ross County, just going back to their form, they've only picked up four points from the opening 24 games, David, but in the six mm-hmm. games, sorry, 24 <laughs> points, sorry. It's been a long season. <laughs> uh, but to be fair to them, in the first six games, they've played the top four sides in the league. So, as I said, it's, it's hard to gauge just where... Ross County are at this season. It is, and in, in the one home game where you would expect them to win, uh, they did win against Kelly. So, yeah, probably a tough, tough one to bet on this weekend. It's a game that's been a bit sort of both teams, a lot of kind of one twos and one ones in the last sort of 10, 20 games. So, yeah, just want to, to leave alone, I think, before we know exactly what Ross County are up to. Yeah. On Sunday, due to the fact that Hearts are playing tonight in the Europa League, it's uh, Hearts v St Mirren. Huge night at Tynecastle tonight, Greg. They play Basaksa here from Turkey. Uh, what I think will be quite a tough game for them. Very tough match for Hearts. Hearts side not in great form. No. Five defeats in the six. OK, two of them were against Zurich and one against Celtic. So we can forgive them for that. But what we can't forgive them for is getting beat at home to Kilmarnock in the League Cup and then getting beat away at Livingston, which was a pretty poor performance last weekend. Desperately missing Liam Boyce. He yeah. was the kind of forefront of the attack. And you can tell not as all as well at Tynecastle in the fact that Hearts are 10 to 11 to win this match. A couple of weeks ago, Hearts would have been 4 to 7 yeah. quite easily. And St. Mirren will go there, definitely fancying their chances, I have to say. 
They don't have a great record in the capital against Hearts. Only four wins in 24 visits. You have to go back to October 2013. Div might have had a little bit more here then, probably not. But I think for this game, St Mirren can definitely go there and compete. Would not be surprised to see them get a result on on Sunday. I really think Hearts' European exploits are going to hit them hard. Mm-hmm. Really surprised they haven't strengthened yeah. as such during the transfer window, especially with key injuries to key players. And I'm going to try and get a price from our good friend Paul Petrie at Mabuki on Robbie Nielsen being the next manager to go. Ooh. Now, that's very, very hasty, people will be saying. Wait a minute, Greg. Calm, calm down. However, when you look at Hearts' run coming up, they've got, obviously, Thursday night European games. They play Motherwell next weekend away after a tough trip to Latvia. They've then got games against Rangers, Celtic and Aberdeen. Horrible run of games coming up for Hearts. Lots of games to be played in a short time in a squad that I think is going to be stretched to the limit. And five defeats in the six, that could soon be eight defeats in nine, nine defeats in ten. I know I'm obviously looking ahead here to the next four or five games, but it's going to be a really crucial couple of weeks for Robbie Nielsen, I think. Yeah, Hearts I think... fans, very, very impatient. As, out of all the fans, Hearts fans, I think a lot of them are on the fence for Robbie Nielsen. And last season's fantastic third place finish kind of gets forgotten about a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great point, actually. If things, you know, who knows, they might get a result tonight. I don't particularly fancy them. I actually think Bissex is here. Bissex, the Turkish side, <laughs> <laughs> will get a result. And he needs to buy himself a wee bit of time here in this game on Sunday, I think. I think tonight, I'm not saying tonight's a free hit. It's at Tynecastle. They should have put Zurich to bed in that first half yeah. in, the, in the last qualifying round. Be a full house tonight. I don't think I think a good performance is needed to try and get a point that'd be great but Saturday, Sunday is the important one Hearts fans will be furious if they get nothing other than three points on Sunday Yeah uh, David we see the return of David Monroe uh, in the middle he dished out nine cards in his only other Premier League appearance this weekend and earlier in the season sorry and as Greg's touched on we're seeing kind of four and five cards in every game this mm-hmm. season, so this might be another one. Yeah, a good chance admitting part of that uh, elite group at the top of the, the <laughs> market. Um, Hearts though only nine yellow cards so far in the, uh, this season, so maybe they're not so uh, not so likely to, to join in, but yeah, I think, as you say, if you get a referee who's happy to shout cards and then, yeah, I think this, I think this is a, going to be. A, I think it's a good chance for St Mirren on, on Sunday. Like, Hearts coming off a game in Europe, and although St Mirren were really poor last weekend, I think um, it's a good chance for them to go and show what they're about away to Hearts. But just on this game tonight, do you know which former Premier League star, uh, World Cup winner, is uh, playing for Istanbul for six year here? Mesut Ozil. Mesut Ozil. So that'll yeah. be interesting. If he, he's only played once this season. It was in the last. It was in the qualifying round of the um, the, the the Europa League or Conference League. So yeah, interesting to see if he's he's involved at Tynecastle. I think that'll be a nice week. Yeah, be nice for the fans to to see a good quality player there at Tynecastle. Um, so no angle on this one for you guys, but we think that uh, off the back of Thursday night, this is going to be a tough win for Hearts and possibly an opportunity for St Mirren. Yeah, I think I'm going to wait to see what happens tonight. There, there might be an angle here on St Mirren Corners on, on Sunday. But as I say, keen to see how tonight pans out. 
Okay. Okay, that's the Premier League done and dusted. We'll have a quick run through the lower leagues. We'll start with the Championship. Friday night, David, we've got Dundee up at Cove. Uh, Cove have been really struggling if you include the League Cup games. It's now just 1-1-9 and nine for them. Dundee, good solid win for them last week, a 3-1 win over Queen's Park. And they're even money to win up north yep. on Friday. Yeah, I have to say, I like the look of it. Um, Cove really struggling. Dundee have won their last two games, 3-0. Um, home to Queen's Park, home to Falkirk in the League Cup. Um, Cove, as you say, just really struggling, sitting in ninth. Um, just one win. That was at home to Wraith, which was a good result at the time. But since then, they've lost four and um, just drawn one, which was against Hamilton Ackies. I think Dundee will have too much quality for them. Friday night game, keen to get the weekend started to to on a good note. I think Dundee even money looks like a really good really good bet. Yeah, I guess you won't be disagreeing too much with that, Greg. Although we do always kind of say on the podcast that Cove do their best work at home usually, but not so much this season. No, I think it's a, a decent price. It's a fair price for Dundee. If they want to go up this season, these are the sort of games away from home they have to pick up wins from. But as David said, they are in pretty good form. And yeah, the even money in Dundee, probably worth taking on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you also quite fancy a goal spend Air United v Partick Thistle, which unbelievably is the top two in the Championship. I don't think many people would have predicted those two to be first and second in the table at this stage of the season. Air have made a great start, unbeaten, four wins, two draws. Thistle have now won four in a row, and both sides are the two high scorers in the Championship as well. But interestingly, they've only kept one clean sheet between them, Greg. Yeah, this is that perfect storm for me here. I don't think anyone has just expected Air to be top of the league. Um, massive, massive surprise. I think they were kind of touted from mid-table, kind of bottom three or four finish, to be fair. But for a fantastic start, scoring lots of goals, very much gung-ho in their approach. One clean sheet this season. They have shipped goals, though, against... Queen's Park, Morton, Hamilton, Cove. So sides who you have to say aren't at the same level as Partick Thistle. Partick Thistle definitely more of a goal threat than those sides are. But they've got Akinyemi in their side who was signed, I think, from English non-league side. Can't remember who it was, to be fair. But he scored seven goals this season so far. But only in match day seven. He's scored in each of his last five games. And No, sorry, there's no... Be- there's- there's no clean sheet at all, sorry, for air this season. And I think that bodes really well. Partick Thistle, as you say, in really good form, winning matches. They are in the next round of the Cup as well. A really tough trip to Aberdeen. They've beaten Arbroath twice now in the space of a week in the Cup and in the league. Scoring goals, I just think the over 2.5 goals at just above 11 to 10 is worth taking on with a great chance of both sides um, getting in on the score sheet here. Yeah, well, both teams to score I'm not a massive fan of as you know but that's 5-6 to six, and I think that's got a great chance too yeah and I hate to be that guy but they did keep a clean sheet against a broth and I know they'll draw I believe there you go yeah you might as well there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah hopefully it's an entertaining game um, and you know huge opportunity for, for both sides uh, if that's what we go top of the table which would be fantastic for them don't know when they were last top of the championship uh, or Air United to open up you know what would be a four-point gap at the top, which would be incredible at this stage of the season. Um, so David? I just sorry. want to touch on Deep Lab Akinyemi. 
his career path is beautiful. It's like a it's like a non-league tour around the south of England. He, he's from he's from London and he's he was a Stevenish player, but he went on loan to Aldershot, St Neots Town, Dulwich Hamlet, St Albans City, Billericay Town, Dulwich Hamlet again, Bishop Stortford. Then he signed for Dulwich Hamlet. He went on loan to Chess Hunt. <laughs> and then brain free town, and in the last three years he's been doing really well at Welling United. Um, so now he's ended up at Air. He's 25. He's played for all those clubs. Where is he going next? Well, the question is, will Air keep a hold of him in January if he keeps this <laughs> up? He's off He's away at Hearts. <laughs> Surely not. It sounds more like a, a paper salesman's round <laughs> rather than a football career but uh, yeah he can't not be a big guy uh, so hopefully Greg he was in with a goal to help us do that uh, ideally three you can manage uh, three that would be fantastic <laughs> that would be ideal uh, anything else in the championship for you guys before we move on to League One I've got no bet no bet no bet Arbo okay. Wraith no bet Inverness v Hamilton no bet Queen's Park v Wraith no bet just really really tough games to call I think it's the best left of one yeah David nah the same yeah Okay, uh, into League One then, Greg, we've got a, a goals double that's spread over League One and League Two. Uh, I queried your faith in Falkirk last week and uh, yeah, they, they lost to Kelty Hearts. Uh, was that last week or was that the week before? Yeah, last week, yeah, they lost 2-0. Yeah, lost really, really, really poor last weekend, Falkirk. Uh, they host Aloha this weekend and potentially quite a dangerous opponent, Aloha, who have scored nine in their last two now. Very dangerous opponents in this match. Uh, the league's highest scorers with 14 goals. They beat Peterhead 5-0, which doesn't really count. And they then went to Clyde and won 4-2. So, as you say, scored nine goals. They've got attack and threat in that Alwa side. They went on a bit of a sticky patch before they beat Peterhead, but definitely going to Falkirk in great form. Falkirk, back to being Falkirk. Back to being shite again. They had a couple of decent results against, though. Again, doesn't really count. Peter Head and they, I think they beat Kelty Hearts, or Edinburgh City as well. So I wouldn't want to pick a winner here. Falkirk, even money. Just cannot be touching Falkirk at the moment again, especially against Alloa. But I do like the look of goals here. I do think there's a very good chance uh, both teams will score. And I must admit, I'm fully expecting Alloa to get on the score sheet here. And I think that bodes well for goals. And we should see over 2.5 goals in this match. Okay, and that's part of a double which we'll touch on in a wee second. Before we do, I just want to touch on Edinburgh v Peterhead, Greg. Obviously, from early doors this season, we've mentioned about Peterhead struggling in the league. They have done. Um, yeah. And what we're noticing is a real trend of when the market is opening up, we're getting, I guess, backable prices on the team that they're playing against. Same has happened this weekend uh, in Edinburgh City. I'm not quite sure what they opened up at, but they're now down to 11 to 20 with Bet365. Yeah, it wasn't massive. I think this Peter Head have probably won us more money than any other side this season. We've backed them week after week since the season started. Even during the League Cup, we were backing against them. Uh, and it stood the test of time, to be fair. We've had a really good profit back from Peter Head. They were 46 in Edinburgh City, the opening price. It's just one of those games where I don't know if it's because it was Edinburgh City and they're at home. They have a really good season, Edinburgh City. They really are. Sorry, FC Edinburgh. I did say I wouldn't call them FC. <laughs> um, they will be banker material again, you'd have to think, on on Saturday. I've chosen to sit it out for, for no real reason, to be fair. I just think to get any value in this game, you have to back Edinburgh City to win and to score two. And they probably will. Well, I'm going to... 
I'm going to help you here, and this might not last for a long time, but I'm currently on my SBK app, and uh, they may correct this at some point, but Edinburgh City, FC Edinburgh are 4-5 on SBK right at this moment to beat Peterhead. It's not just, really a case against that. And I've just backed them. So if, anyone, <laughs> if anyone's got SBK, I've got an account there, then try and jump on and see what price they are. I suspect that's not going to last particularly long. But No, I, mean, I think I've left it this late in the week to put them up. Because naturally, normally, I would have had them up on Monday, maybe even Sunday, and I've had them put up. Peter Head have lost two or more goals now in all 10 games this season. They lost 2-0 at home to Montrose last weekend, despite playing against 10 men for the full second half. And they've had a really tough test on on, on Saturday. I think this is probably home banking material. It's just one of those games, I don't know why, I can't explain it, I'm just deciding to sit it out. Um, I'm not saying Peter Head have to get a result at some point. I just, I'm just a bit worried that the price on Edinburgh City and it's at home, I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just this one out. Okay. Um, anything League One for you, David? Uh, no, nothing else. Okay, we'll cover that other leg of your double, Greg, which is in League Two, and it's uh, goals in the Stranraer and Barton game. The Barton just looking unstoppable. Six wins out of six. Great win for them last weekend at East Fife. Uh, the travel to Stranraer on Saturday, which is generally quite a tricky venue. In fact, Stranraer have done pretty well recently, I suppose, in terms of goals. Their last five games have finished 2-2, 2-2, 3-2, 2-2 and 3-1, so we might see some goals. Uh, and it's a, a trip back for manager Stephen Farrell, uh, who goes back to Stranraer at the weekend with his Dumbarton side, top of the table. But, um, yeah, both you guys fancy goals in this. Greg, tell us about the second leg of your uh, double. Well, first of all, I think Dumbarton, one of the form teams in world football, really. <laughs> Played 6-1-6. Six, six. They've got a 11-plus goal difference. They're essentially nine points clear. And it's only the start of September. I have to say, at the moment, it's looking like the league's over. But, as you say, they've got a very, very tough trip to Stranraer. Lots and lots of goals in their games. There are three home games this season. They beat Annan on the opening day 1-0, which was a bit of a surprising result, given Annan's um, League Cup exploits. They've then drawn 2-2 with Bonnie Rig and 2-2 with East Fife. Lots of goals, as you say, 2-2, 2 and we were on them last weekend for goals and a 3-1 defeat at Steny. I just can't see past goals here. Um, Dumbarton have scored two-plus in a lot of their games. There's been lots of goals in Sonar matches uh, as well. And I'm only taking over 1.5, so I'm mm-hmm. not even really and taking over 2.5. It's a Falkirk v Aloha double with Stranraer v Dumbarton. So over 2.5 goals at Falkirk and over 1.5 match goals at Stranraer and that double piece 5-4. to four. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, and David, given Stranraer's ability to score goals, it might be a case that Dumbarton are going to have to score two if they're to win this one. Yeah, I thought I thought about putting on Dumbarton to win, but happy to go with goals 21-20 um, to 20 or 2.05 for Dumbarton to score. In fact, it's even money now. So even money. Um, for Dumbarton to score two or more. Um, something they've done in five of their six games. Yeah, and coming in great form against a team who conceded a lot of goals. I can't see anything other than that. Um, yeah, just on, just really, I don't know if this is normal, uh, just on the bookies' pricing of the over two and a half goals market in League Two. They've obviously just gone 
No idea, lads. Just put four <laughs> five in every game. So <laughs> every game four five for over two and a half goals. So they've obviously just done no research and just gone, I fuck it, two and a half. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Do you know what? It might be worth a wee quid on the five yeah. uh, at yeah. that rate. Okay. I think that has covered everything in enough detail. Um, Greg, can you give us a wee recap of your bets, please? Yeah, so in Scotland first, we've got Aberdeen over 3.5 team corners and over 1.5 match goals against Rangers. And that pays 11 to 10. We've got ARV Patrick Thistle over 2.5 goals, and that's 11 to 10. And we've also got Falkirk v Alloa over 2.5 goals and Stranraer v Dumbarton over 1.5 goals and that double pays 5-4. to four. I'll have another couple of angles shared in the channel between Kilmanic and St Johnston for cards and also corners at Dungeon United versus Hibs. Uh, moving into Norway, I'm taking Haugesund v Rosenborg over three Asian goals at 5-6. to six. And from the Obersligan, I'm taking Start v Blink over 3.5 match goals at 5-6. to six. Okay, David? Yeah, yeah, I'll start in Scotland in the Premiership. Dundee United versus Hibs over 10.5 corners in the match, and that is 1.9 into the Championship. Dundee to beat Cove on Friday night, and that is even money. Into League Two, Dumbarton to score two plus goals away at Stranraer, and that is also even money. Um, on to Norway. Uh, first of all, got both teams to score double uh, on Sunday, and that's Olesund against. Um, Sarpsburg and Christensen against Wolleringa. Uh, the double pays 2.29. Uh, also got Rosenborg at Haugesund. Rosenborg double chance and to score two or more goals, and that is even money. Uh, also on Sunday, Hamcam uh, 0.0 on the Asian um, handicap, and that's 2.25. Um, down to the Obersligan on Monday, Brand to score two first half goals against Grorud. That's 1.83. And finally, a two over two and a half uh, goals double on Monday night. And that's Kongsvinger against KFUM and Stabak against Ralfos. And the double pays 2.36. Excellent. Some really good stuff in there for the weekend ahead. Now, don't forget, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84, where you can, sorry, Browning84 Greg, where you can also find details how to join his private betting channel. And also make sure you follow David follow David on Twitter at dweatherston11 uh, and check out his blog at davidweathertonfootball.com for some more info and analysis on the Norwegian game. And that's us for this week's podcast. Thank you very much if you've stuck with us for this longer edition of the podcast. Uh, and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Cheers, guys. Good luck. Thanks. Okay.